Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke. We are the only ones here tonight. No, no science advisor, Matt Moniz. So, what happened? Did I drop your sound? No. Well, yes. Oh, I have to turn your microphone on. That No, wait. That's one, two. That's four. Try that. How about now? There you go. All right. So, we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. As I make adjustments, I realized as the theme song started playing, oh, I don't have my headphones. Worst things have happened. And really, in this day and age, you have to have your own headphones. You really do. I mean, I think we should have all along, actually. Not just because of germs. I mean, I always did. I did too. These are mine. I actually had to turn around and go home and get them. So tonight is the night of forgetting headphones. I don't understand either why people will, like we see it all the time on investigations when we're out, you know, doing our paranormal stuff, which uh, hopefully we'll be able to do some of that stuff soon. But we see it all the time where uh, people have no problem like taking somebody else's headphones and an investigation and like putting them on their head. No. Mm -mm. Like, so I bring the Echo Vox. Right. I bring that on the... um, on the tablet that I have. And I have a pair of Sony noise-canceling headphones that work with it, which you'll admit are pretty pretty good headphones. Right. I've used them. And since I've started using them for those investigations, because I had to use a pair of noise-canceling, and I certainly wasn't going to use the nice Bose ones that I use at home for... You can't do that, no. Those don't even... I mean, I do bring them in here, but they don't leave my sight because they're like $400 headphones. Right. And... You know, I don't have any endorsement deal with Bose. I paid for those myself. <laughs> Granted, I bought them refurbished at the outlet, which is, uh, I highly recommend it, you know, for like 150 bucks. Not bad. But, and probably cheaper now because they just came out with new ones, which are now on my Christmas list. Oh, perfect. So, but the, you know, the those ones I, I don't even bring on investigations because I don't even want anybody to see them mm-hmm. and be like, oh, Bose, those are better. Let me use those. Right. Um, but what... What I've done now is since I started using those Sony ones, which, by the way, I bought at a pawn shop for mm-hmm. like 30 bucks. I remember that. So it's not like I really, it's not like I really invested much into them. But ever since I've started letting like the public use them, mm-hmm. I've never put them back on my head. Really? Yep. So there was this one time that I was at the Dunlora Inn and uh, we were about to do the Estes method. And I think um, I had done it. I can't remember if Scott had done it, but John Tenney was with us. And you know me about how I am with germs anyways, very similar to how you are with your headphones. And all I had was a sleep mask that it was like one of my old ones that I just used to go to bed every night. And I don't let anybody else use it besides Scott because obviously we're in a relationship and that's just not creepy. So Tenny was like, give me your blindfold. (laughs) I just looked at him. He's like, give me your blindfold. And I continued to stare at him and he was like, Cause I'm like, what do I do? I don't like, it's John Tenney. Like he's my friend, but this is gross. And he's like, I don't have germs. Give me the, give me them. Just, just hand so, them over. <laughs> uh, what I do is I go to the dollar store before every event. Right. And in the dollar store, they have, um, sleep masks that you can buy for a dollar. They're probably not great. Know. You know, they probably don't even really do much to block out the light. Right. But I grab, I usually grab two of those. And I grabbed two of the uh, packages of bandanas, which have four, you know, two bandanas each. So it's four bandanas for for $2. 
And so I grab two packs of those and two packs of the sleep masks or two, two sleep mm-hmm. masks. And then I just keep those with all the stuff so that if anybody wants to take those and I'm like, if somebody looks gross, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you can hang on to that. I have more. And then I'll pull out the next one for the next person. But uh, we well, can't do any of that now. Because I just because I just told everybody too that that keeps me from being able to do it. Because now, if you're listening to this and I let you keep the sleep mask, you know you're the grossy. Well, I mean, yes, but at the same right. time, with COVID, we can't do that. So, and I, and I think that if I was going to do an investigation now, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you have a couple coming up, and um, I'm I'm thinking about maybe venturing out, but because uh, I'm figuring if you're not going to be around on the third, maybe I'll go do something too. But well, you can come. Uh, somebody else asked me to do something, so I might okay, I might do fine. something to help somebody else. <laughs> uh, but the what I'm thinking is I might like just put out an email to people and say like bring your own headphones, yeah, bring your own you know bandana or whatever. I mean I'm I, I gotta think most people are gonna have you know I would hope they would have a mask with them, mm-hmm. but most people probably have a bandana now, yeah, as part of you know their collection of things that they're using as masks. So probably you know, it's not like we're expecting them to go out there and buy anything. I'll still bring them with me for people that don't, but I think that it's um. But are they really going to be readily available now? I still see them. Do you? Uh, yeah, I mean they're still all around. So I mean I walk into you know the the Seven Eleven down mm-hmm. the street from my house. I go there like three four times a week. And they've got tons of bandanas and they've got tons of masks, like all right up at the, the front counter. In fact, I bought one of their masks, um, but then I'm sorry that I did. Why? Uh, well, it said fancy face mask on it. Okay. And so I thought fancy <laughs> face mask meant that it was... Um, Higher quality? Yeah. Well, that it covers more of the face because in the drawing, like it looks like it covers more of the face. And, you know, my double chin is less than it was. Right. But I'd still like to cover it with my mask if I can, mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise it sits over your mouth and then the, the rest of your chin just hangs out underneath it and looks gross. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that's like the full face mask. I'm going to buy that one fancy face mask. Okay. And then when I bought it, because it comes like sealed. Yeah. And so then when I bought it and I opened it up and I pulled it out, fancy apparently meant that it's like some kind of like velvety velour on the Stop front. It. it has like the regular <laughs> back to it. But it's yeah. like velvety thing on the front. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I don't know about this. So uh, now when I do wear it, I wear it on with the velour side That's up against my gross. mouth. Well, I only wear it for like a minute when I go into a store or something. It's not like it's not one of my like keep it on for a long period of time. Masks. No, I don't think I'd be able to have that rubbing up against my face. Well, I have the beard, so it you do have makes, a little bit of it makes it so I don't feel yeah. feel it at all. But <laughs> it's just so weird that, you know, I, I just I can't can't bring myself to wear it with the velour side. I, I think it has like flirt at least designs or something on it. And I'm like, mm, it's not really me. No, no, it's not. But I think it's great. So you should totally take a picture of yourself in it. Well, you know, if anybody asks me to a prom, I'm all set now. Oh, perfect. Because you know? you're fancy. Right. I have the fancy face mask. <laughs> if we decide to have a, like a really high end paranormal event, you know, then I'll See be that? all set. So uh, hopefully, though, uh, that doesn't happen uh, because it's I, I don't even know if I have dress clothes to fit me now anymore. I'll have to no, go, but we can get go shopping. That'd be great. Yeah, but I'm waiting till I get to where I really want to be. I know. So. Uh, you know, but then the, the other part of it is, you know, with, you know, having to go out and get all this stuff for investigations, you know, we always kind of understand that stuff's going to get lost. People are going to put stuff in their pocket. You know, nobody mm-hmm. intentionally means to take anything from, from an event, but you know, I can't tell you how many flashlights I've lost right. over the last decade. I probably have a few myself. I, I, I went from buying like five mini mags yep. at 20 bucks a piece to just having, you know, five 
dollar store flashlights. I remember you got the tiny ones for a while. Yep, with like, a little push button on the bottom. Yep. Those were really good. I, I, I then I got some somewhat better ones from a uh, tractor supply sale that mm-hmm. had like a ten pack, and those yeah. I think I don't even think those made it out of the first event I that I did. Um, I definitely will confess right here, right now, live on the radio, that for the last decade or so, I have been stealing your flashlights from every event that we've done together. Do you still have them on? Uh huh. Okay, as long as you have them. They're in a draw. She's like, I've been stealing them and I use them at my own events without you there. No. I mean, honest to God, how many events have we really done without each other over the last decade? But still. Maybe 10. It would be nice if you brought them to We'll see. I forget about them. So that we can I definitely forget about them, them, but I have a lot of those little push button ones. I bought glow stick ones one year. Yep, I had one of those. Because a lot of people like to use the red light. That was you know, great, the, yeah. The, the red kind of makes it, it's the very it's so farest part of the infrared that we can see. So you see a lot more shadow activity in the red light. So I um, I bought a bunch of these ones that have red and green mm-hmm. and then white. And it's like a, it's like a, a nightstick that you can wear around your, a glow stick that you can wear around your neck. And okay. I thought those were cool, but nobody wanted to use those. Hmm. I was like, that's that's probably the best thing. I mean... I would hope that we've gotten past the age of the headlamp. Remember the age of the oh, headlamp? Oh my god! It I was had one. So bad. I had one of the first like LED I headlamps. I remember yours. And I was constantly shining it in people's faces. It was horrible. Because I couldn't figure out like where to direct the light down so that it wouldn't shine in somebody's face. Yep. So these are the, these are the pitfalls of paranormal investigation that people don't take into account. They think that what we're doing is really cool. And they want to they want to get involved in it, but then they realize that it's done in the dark, and mm-hmm. then they don't want to you know do it anymore, or they they have to have this really bright flashlight with them. You can get these really fancy flashlights that have trains on them for only six dollars per dozen. Trains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that Amy uh, Bruni with Strange Escapes, she has done for some of her events. She's gotten Strange Escapes branded flashlights to give mm-hmm. to people. So she and. Has. We were going to do that when we did the Face Your Fears night for Fun mm-hmm. 107, but they ended up not being able to get them, and they went out and they bought those those big, like, oh, yeah. those I big yellow that. flashlights. Yes. I think I still have one in my office. Um, the thing was heavy. Yeah, I have one in my trunk. I have one at my house. Like, they, they gave them all to me and said, here, use these on your, your next investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, nobody wants to use those, but we, we do have them. So what I'm going to do is next investigation, that's the flashlight I'm giving you. Okay. Because there's no way you'll accidentally <laughs> take that one home. Because I can't hide it anywhere? It's like from now on, we have to do it like the gas yeah. station <laughs> key for the bathroom. Like tie a, no, uh, you, a tire rim around me. it. I'm going to be under under surveillance with any and all light devices. So uh, tonight's show, uh, we will be joined in a little bit by Kristen Lumen, who you've seen on Ghost Hunters and Ghost Mine. She's going to be joining us uh, in about uh, about ten or twelve minutes. Uh, they're going to be talking. She's going to be talking with us uh, not only about her career as a, as a paranormal investigator and and her work in the field, but also there's an event going on right now at the Lizzie Borden House. It is uh, being conducted by the Dark Zone, which is a website that brings you investigations from around the country, special events. And if you go to thedarkzone.tv. You can get involved with it. It's ongoing right now. It started last night, and it goes all the way through Monday. And it is a live 24-hour investigation of the Lizzie Borden House with a lot of different paranormal investigators involved in it. 
And of course, our friend Danielle, who we always, uh, every time that we go to the Lizzie Borden house for an event or whatever, she's the, the tour guide that we request. No offense to the rest of them, but you know she's been there with us when we've had some weird paranormal stuff go on. So she's kind of leading them through the house, all the investigators. I think she's probably involving some of the other tour guides, I would think. I don't know. I mean, she's, you know, she's durable, but I don't know if she could last four straight days of 24-hour investigating. I don't know. You never know. But uh, hopefully some of the other tour guides are relieving her now and then. But if you go and you get a pass, it will give you access for the entire event. And uh, tomorrow I'll be part of it uh, myself. Um, I believe around 5 p.m. I'll be joining in. And I'll be sharing some of my own investigations there, some of my own experiences that I've had there, and uh, and talking some, you know, Lizzie kind of after the house stuff too, because by that point, you know, they'll have they'll have covered a lot of the stuff that happened of Lizzie Borden before the murders, mm-hmm. the time of the murders, the trial of the murders, all of that. So by the time I join in, you know, we'll probably be talking about you know Lizzie's later life, which is part of the bigger conversation that we're going to have tonight, uh, because the story broke this week. That Maplecroft is back up for sale. The home that Lizzie Borden lived in after the murders trial. Uh, And if you go to WBSM.com, you can read the story that I wrote there a few days ago that actually gives you an inside look into Maplecroft. But I I wanted to, you know, full disclosure, Mm -hmm. when I was writing the story, I expected that the Herald News would also have a story. Uh, the Herald News had a had a great reporter named Deb Allard. I don't know if she's still there. I don't because they've been downsizing, uh, but she would always do a great job writing all the stuff about the Lizzie Borden house, about Lizzie Borden in general, about Maplecroft. So I just assumed they were going to have a story in the paper. Uh, so I was looking for a different angle. So I was writing a little bit about some of the paranormal side of it too. And so I reached out to Amy Bruni and Adam Berry from Kindred Spirits who had investigated there. And I reached out to some of the tour guides as well. Um, and, and I talked with the realtor. And so you can get all the information from them up on the post at WBSM.com. And if you go to the Spooky South Coast page on WBSM, you'll see it there, right, as the lead story. But I, we were going to have the, the realtor on mm-hmm. tonight, but she ended up not being able to make it on tonight. So she's going to join us next week for a few minutes okay, uh, to kind of go over exactly what's going on with that house. But, you know, I can speak a little bit about why it's up for sale. Uh, and I can speak a little bit about, you know, first of all, how much it is mm-hmm. and why it's that price and all of that. So we can get into that coming up uh, in the second hour of the program. But I, I have to say... You know, I am surprised that it's back up on the market. And I know you and I talked about it on Midnight Society the other night, but we'll just pretend like we didn't. And um, Two different audiences, maybe. Somewhat. <laughs> uh, hello to everybody that's listening to us on Midnight FM. Uh, but the... I, you know, I am surprised because I thought if anybody was going to be able to take it over and make it work, it was Donald and Leanne who run the, the murder house on 2nd Street. But at the same time... Everything that's been thrown in their way since they made that purchase, I'm, I'm not surprised. And if, if you have to make a business decision, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to go with the location that's already doing very well for you and that you can handle and that you understand all the ins and outs and all the bills and everything attached to it? Or are you going to go with this venture that's still relatively unknown and, by the way, still hasn't been able to open the way that you fully anticipated it for it to do? You know, I think they had to make the smart choice and say, we're just going to stick with what we've been doing for almost 20 years now and 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to put this one back on the market. See, I kind of felt like, I mean, well, watching the house itself go on and off the market for the better half of a decade, I really thought, okay, here it is. This is it. You know, when, when Maplecroft went up on the, the market the last time, we knew the previous owner. We knew who it was. We knew when it was going on the market. We knew why it was going on the market. And when we had heard that Leanne and Donald were the ones that were purchasing it, I was actually excited that something was finally going to be done with the home. And it was going to be done correctly. And it was going to honor Elizabeth and the rest of her life in the way that it should. So to hear that it's going on the market again is a little concerning a little depressing and I'm really hopeful that whoever does purchase it does right by it because we've seen these other haunted locations or or famously haunted locations we'll say that were used in you know movies or or things like that where people are just buying them not living in them and just renting them out non-stop like a clockwork for private investigations and that will only last so long and that's actually kind of disruptive to the spirits that are in the home so I'm scared. I'm hopeful that the right thing will be done, but I'm scared. I think the right thing to have done would just tell Leanne and Donald to keep the property and have you move into the carriage house and be the caretaker. Uh, well, I don't think that would stop the bleeding of no. whatever it was costing them to run the place. Um, because you got to think, you know, they're paying the property taxes on yeah. it. They're paying uh, for, you know, just everything that's, you know, all the utilities that are part of the house as well. So you're giving up money every month without really having money come in mm-hmm. and also you're doing the same thing at second street too so now and and it, you know of course you know in good business you don't want to be borrowing from second street to pay for maplecroft you know you want them to each be their own individual entities right they probably got to the point i would assume where they were borrowing from second street to pay for maplecroft and then when you're not bringing in revenue at second street either you know, now you're really getting into a, a position where you're in trouble. And I, again, I'm not. I'm not saying that's definitely the case. I'm just speculating that that's probably part of what happened. Do we know if they were ready to open? No, they weren't. They weren't ready to open. What was the final things that needed to be done? Do we know? Uh, they had a variance to be a bed and breakfast from new stories that I read, and I, w- I want to talk to Suzanne about that a little bit more tonight. Mm-hmm. But they had been given a variance to be able to open as a bed and breakfast, but they still hadn't been able to. Mm-hmm. So I think there was probably still some more work that had to get done to get it fully up to code. Mm-hmm. I do know that one of the first things that they had to do was put in a sprinkler system, which they did throughout the entire house uh, pretty much as soon as they took over within right. the first month. So, and that was $50,000 right off the bat. And the fact that they put that in and they still weren't able to open as mm. a bed and breakfast makes me think there was probably a lot of other things that still had to get done. They did just rebuild the back porch, mm-hmm. uh, which is the open air porch, I believe. Uh, so they just did that. So that's part of you know the renovations that they did. And then there's probably some other things that had to be put into play. Um, and first of all, I mean, I'm surprised that they let them go with sprinkler systems too. Right. Uh, unless, you know, that's just the 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 word that they're utilizing for it mm-hmm. and putting out there because the oh look i'm on tv again oh weird every episode so far that shirt is famous now <laughs> i really should like reach out to i think that's like from whatever the <laughs> the house brand is for jc penny yep but i should reach out to them and be like let's let's work on a on a, right. on a line of these henley shirts that i can uh, that i can endorse that's and as you know like that's my go-to I in know. the cold weather you know, it's it's, it's usually definitely a staple in your. Wardrobe. It's usually polo shirts in the nice weather and Henleys in the warm weather. You're but throwing everybody off with a t-shirt tonight. T-shirts are what fit me now. They look good though. 
that's that's what I go with. And and I've got that nice endorsement deal from Parabox Monthly. Right. So I have so many <laughs> cool paranormal shirts. Although this is just a plain one. But the um, I think when when they put that system in, mm-hmm. you know, that got it up to probably fire code. But now you've still got to worry about like whatever it is that the Board of Health wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, four bathrooms in the house, they all work. You know, a kitchen that's fully functional. I don't know what else the hang-up could have been from the Board of Health if, if that's if that's what it was. Right. Uh, I don't think that there was any problems with parking because they have a pretty good-sized driveway. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was probably, you know, good enough for them. I assumed that when they bought it and they wanted to open it as a and b I assumed they were going to have to cough up some of that yard and turn it into a larger parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I don't know. I mean, it could have been that it was just a matter of logistics mm-hmm. for running it as a bed and breakfast because if you look at the house through through that tour or if you've had the chance to go in uh, but you can take the 3d tour right in my story and if you look at that you look at it and say how are they going to turn this into a bed and breakfast because it doesn't seem like it's the easy natural closing the doors mm-hmm. and even second street doesn't seem that way mm-hmm. either but they've been able to make it work so, but you've got like French doors separating like one bedroom to the other. Right. You know, how are you going to utilize, for, and you're not going to change the doors, obviously, because you, you don't want to hurt the right. integrity of the house. But so now you're going to, you know, have to lock those French doors or. Well, yeah. I mean, think about the Second Street house and the door between um, Andrew and Abby's bedroom and Lizzie's bedroom. It's kind of the same situation. And then like Emma's bedroom to Lizzie's bedroom is the same situation too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a bed and breakfast kind of guy. I'm not either. In fact, uh, you know, people always ask me, have you stayed at the Lizzie Boyden house? And I always tell them, no. Nope. I just, not that I wouldn't. They do They do a great job, but right. just bed and breakfast aren't my thing. Mm-mm. Sharing a bathroom, not my thing. Mm, no. If I was going to stay there, I would have to stay in the Andrew and Abby room so that I would have my own bathroom. Right. Uh, or what I would do is I would just use the the one that's only for the staff because I can get away with that. The one in the kitchen? Yeah. Okay. The one that says, you know, out of order sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not out of order. They just don't want you to use it. It's the staff bathroom. It's a bathroom. little crowded in there, though. Well, yeah. It's where they keep all their stuff. That's right. why. Um, so, they, you know, they lock that bathroom when, mm-hmm. when people are staying there so that people... and. But, you know, by stuff, I mean, like, all the stuff that they don't want to put in the rest of the house, like all the cleaning supplies right. and stuff that they don't even want to put in the basement because... Max's litter box. Yeah. that's <laughs> It's really Max's bathroom. It really is. Uh, but the... I guess, you know, the... There's probably still going to be some challenges for somebody that wants to open it up as a bed and breakfast. Right. But that being said, it's easier now than it was when Christy had it up for sale. Back in 2018. Well, yes, they poured a ton of money, blood, sweat, and tears into it. So, I am, uh, I am concerned, but hopeful that it lands in the right hands. Now, what would you consider to be the right hands? Someone that just wants to live there, Joe Schmo. That you know. So you wanted to be a residence, a private. It could residence. be a residence if they're going to open it as a bed and breakfast. It's going to be direct competition with Second Street, and. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of it it will be because I think for the most part, people are going to want to go to Second Street more than Maplecroft. Like it's always going to win out because it's the house where the murders happened. Right, but it's still 
affiliated with what happened there. So I think that's why they wanted to acquire that property to begin with. So that way it wouldn't be any type of Well, and it would make, it just would make sense for them right. to own it too. So I think that's going to be um, a bit of an issue. Like what, people are going to want to spend their time in both places. So people might say like, okay, well, instead of spending two nights at Second Street, we're going to spend one night at Second Street and one night at Maplecroft. But it, it mean, it might work the other way too, because now instead of uh, just taking one night at um, you know, instead of taking one night at Maplecroft, mm-hmm. they I mean two nights at Maplecroft, they might spend one night at Second Street. Right. So either way, it's not in the the same realm as what they were originally thinking. And um, I mean, if if someone with a good heart that cares and will do it right and will respect the spirits that are in the home. I am fine with that, that actually want to run it as a legitimate business or a legitimate residence. What I am fearful of is, let's look at um, the most recent, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school here, but um, the Conjuring House mm-hmm. and what it's being used for right now. Now we heard, we actually had them on the radio with us and they had said, oh no, this is going to be a private residence. We're going to live there. And they they gave us all these in-depth plans. And I questioned it on our show. Like, I, I really don't think that this is what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. they uh, they kind of lied to us. So now they're running it as like... I know, mean, I guess I can give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they might not have lied, but they might have just changed plans as they went along. That's very nice of you. I know. So... I'm, I think the picture allegedly, was clear all along. As we talked before the, the show, allegedly, allegedly is the word, the word of the day. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing against them or the home or whatever they're doing. I think that um, how they did it was probably not the correct or legal way to do things. And that's what we discussed when they were on the air. But what we're seeing is the previous owners wanting nothing to do with the paranormal. They told her that they were not going to do anything with the paranormal and now that's all they do they don't live there and they just have these groups coming in constantly over and over well, and, and over now again. now yeah now it's open for investigation right where so it wasn't before so it's uh i hope that for for maplecroft's sake it doesn't end up the same way well we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on in the program but right now let's bring on our guest we have joining us you know her from ghost hunters and from ghost mine before that Kristen lumen is on the line good evening Kristen. how are you Great to I'm talk with well, you. Thank you. And you've been involved. We were we were talking about Lizzie Borden's other house, Maplecroft, uh, mm-hmm. but you've been involved with this big thing that's going on with the Dark Zone. This four day investigation of the Lizzie Borden murder house. And yes, it's so funny that you were talking about Maplecroft because I was just thinking about that today when I was, um, you know, kind of going through and dusting off the history of the place that I know about it, and I was thinking of Maplecroft and about, you know, if people are investigating over there, you know? I mean, the great part is there's two locations to kind of follow one story. So, as you know, as an uh-huh. investigator, anytime that you have, you know, multiple locations that you can tie into one one historical case, it just makes that case that much more interesting. Yes, of course. And then, you know, the uh, trauma happened over at the Borden house, but if you, you know, I always think if I were to pass on and wanted to come back, I would come back to the place that I most enjoyed. So I would think that Maplecroft might be the place if you're trying to reach Lizzie. Right. And and the, uh, 
I think anybody that comes interested in the history of it, you know, th- for them to really experience the full breadth of the Lizzie story, you know, her story mm-hmm. kind of ends at a certain point in the Second Street house because, mm-hmm. th- you know, once the murders happen, everything changed there. So, you know, yeah. you're not really getting the whole story just from one house. It's nice to be able to have two. And then also to go over, you know, to the cemetery as well and, and to visit the grave and kind of tie it all together into one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned a good point that her life really changed after her parents' death. You know, it is said that she actually got to live the life that she had always wanted to live after the death. And I don't know how much you guys have talked about the history, but I always try to look into, um, you know, the psyche of a person, and especially if we're reaching out to um, the beyond who we're trying to reach out to and their story, because anything that you can bring up that would be familiar to them, you're more just like with a person and you're trying to find things in common, you're more likely, I feel like, to have um, some sort of a connection or a conversation. And so we know from, you know, history buffs and, and research that she uh, grew up in, uh, the family was fairly um, wealthy, Yet the father chose to live in such a way that um, he didn't really use their wealth. And they're really behind the times um, in the form of uh, even how modern their home was. They didn't have running water. They still had a pump when people of their class would have definitely had running water. And um, she was very much prohibited from uh, really going out and socializing beyond the church functions and uh, even the the way that she dressed. And so it's known that after her parents passed away, um, or had that traumatic death, it's kind of strange to say passed away when you're describing it. It's a polite way to say um, it. (laughs) That she really went out and and, and enjoyed herself and wore what she wanted to wear and invited the, uh, it was known that she loved the theater and would bring the theater group back home and, um, that's what ended up uh, supposedly um, why her sister ended up moving out because she couldn't take the parties that she was having. So um, even though it's said that she had this <clears throat> loving, supposedly loving relationship with her father, he was also very restrictive. So um, she had a very sort of isolated life. And so that's why I started kind of bringing that up because I was thinking about that today and because um, it's always a big question, did she or did she not? and kind of going back over again what her psyche may have been uh, because everyone described her beforehand as a very pleasant woman from what we know she was and uh i'm not sure if you uh, touched upon this or not in your research but she left her fortune to uh the fall river yes and they actually still get money every single year from the trust that was put together from her death uh still to, to this day so from what we've heard, you know, despite the alleged murder and her being the one that that committed these murders, um, my concern—I'm not sure if you heard us talking about it before you popped on—was with the mm-hmm. sale of Maplecroft. If her spirit is still in that home, like you said, they like to go back to a place that really made them happy, and she yeah. put so much pride into this house, and she was so proud of it. She named it Maplecroft. That mm-hmm. my concern is whoever does eventually buy the property i hope they do her right i hope that they they really respect her and her home and that's that's my concern right now because Mm -hmm. of everything she went through it could not have been an easy life to live oh no 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 
and um, you know friends that, um, which is not uh, abnormal, unfortunately, in society. But that um, the friends that supported her, even during the trial, kind of fell away after the trial. Right. So you know, it's just sort of strange that they would support her during, but then afterwards decide that they didn't want to be her friend anymore. So. Um, you know, I, when learning more about her, I was really actually surprised how much she wasn't going to let that stigma, um, take away her life really, and not completely hold herself up and live in seclusion. She actually sort of did the opposite in a way, um, which it also, you know, to me shows that how much she did sort of want that other life um to be more social to be able to go to parties and everything so she just decided that once she could that she would hold the parties herself you know so um it's interesting because it's always we go that back and forth because you know we're, we have heard stories of that she did have a good relationship with her father not her stepmother but her father and um so you just wonder when you hear of all the different um, theories and, you know, the I don't know if you heard about her, you know, buying the poison before the murders right. and um, all of these things. And because of this, you know, then you bring it back into the paranormal and what we do. And because of these things, what about this could, you know, lead to... Um, there being a paranormal activity there. I mean, obviously, the tra- trauma and all of the goings on there. Um, but it's just always interesting to me to try to, you know, also answer the question, okay, what kind of paranormal activity would be happening there if there is happening there, you know, when you have the stone tape theory of the residual and um, the imprint, and obviously that was <laughs> very... A very traumatic event and you know would there be both which i think is oftentimes um what you find is intelligent and visual sure i mean does did you want to ask questions i was, if I, I'm I was not just trying gonna to say off. that um you know tim and i have been we're actually in the the area ourselves and we've investigated this home for over gosh what 10 years now oh and really I, oh, I first, yeah i first I went there in 2006 oh yeah i've no, never been it's um, never been there. <laughs> we're, we're very familiar with it, but I think the most fascinating thing, and Tim, you will probably agree with me, is even though they put the facts out there, like Kristen is saying, where you know she had a loving relationship with the father, she hated the stepmother, through different people and different pieces of, we'll say, historical research, a mm-hmm. lot of that contradicts itself. And oh, a lot really? of the story itself does contradict itself. And there's a lot of pieces that you do hear that mm-hmm. make you wonder what truly happened or what the motive would have been if she did yeah. or she didn't do it. And I think, I think I'm think i still holding on to the fact that she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, yeah. Tim? <sighs> I, I kind of go back and forth. Uh, I, I was of the belief that she didn't, but then when I learned a bit more about... Um, some of the restrictions and how they, the father chose to run the house and um, how once they uh, died, she, you know, lived this other life. 
Um, but then you go back to, uh, you know, murderers oftentimes show some sort of aggression or, or um, that they could do something like that. Um, and, you know, her love for animals, so with serial killers, they always, you know, oftentimes they have this history of brutally hurting animals. However, this would be a different kind of killing because right. this would be, um, you know, that, that's the whole thing. What was it to have this other lifestyle? Was she, you know, tired of um, all these restrictions placed on her? You know, she didn't have the dates and the socializing and the parties like the other girls did, but would, would that be enough to murder, you know? And and you said there's some things that have come out that contradict the um, some of the other stories that I've heard about the relationship with her father and the relationship with her, her stepmom. Are those different than what? Are we allowed to get into that on the radio, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> oh please please well, i mean it's just, yeah just text me after <laughs> i definitely will if you send me your number i will do so i, I would say Tell I would, the real truth. so there is we we can we can talk a little bit about it okay um there is rumors that they had an inappropriate relationship oh um, and this first came about uh, years ago. I mean, I first heard it when I started going to the house in 2006. Mm-hmm. So it first came about from psychics. Psychics that went into the house and uh, picked up on the idea that there was an incestuous relationship between uh, Andrew and Lizzie. And the way that they picked it up was that it was um, against her will and that uh, she actually was uh impregnated at one point by by him and and the doctor four times stephanie says and the doctor across the street dr bowen uh would come over and conduct um abortions in the basement and there the story is there's a there's a a cistern in the basement and that that's where they would bury the the bodies of the of the fetuses is in that cistern to the point where we were actually going to test that for mitochondrial dna at one point uh, yeah. But the you know th- this was all stuff coming from psychics, so nobody really put a lot uh-huh. of stock in it at first. Yeah. But then a few years ago, a friend of mine who is a Borden scholar, uh, she got a hold of a bunch of letters from relatives to other relatives. So not not the direct Borden family themselves uh, of Andrew and 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 and, uh, and Abby and, and Emma and Lizzie, but you know relatives outside that household, and mm-hmm. that those letters would reference in veiled language. The inappropriate relationship between Andrew and Abby. I mean, uh, oh. Andrew and Lizzie. And, yeah. And it was said oh that God. Abby knew about it and didn't do anything about it. And that's why the hatred for the stepmother was there because she had every opportunity to rescue those girls and she didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say, I did not, I, gosh, I started going to the house. I think my first time was probably 2006 as well, Tim, but not with you. Actually, my first time to the house was with the Fall River Police. Um, I was on a ride along. <laughs> And oh. um, we stopped by the house and um, and then I went back shortly after for a, a situation, you know, like a ghost hunts weren't really that popular at the time, public events. Mm-hmm. So it was a mm-hmm. little bit of a seance. And um, I'm a psychic medium myself. I've worked for, um, as one professionally for a long time. And that this was at the time where I didn't want anybody to really know what I did. Yeah. And uh when I was there, that's exactly the information that, that came to me was she had four abortions and, uh, it was on the table in the kitchen and 
it was it was well known and they kind of just it, it was like a, a well-oiled machine like oh it happened again let's take care of it and uh, I think Tim when we met in 2000 gosh what seven 2008 maybe I, guess, I can't I think remember. it's 2010 because it was when my book came out I can't remember um you and I had had the conversation when I started to give you this information. You're like, wait a minute, how how do you even know about this? And uh, that's kind of how Tim and I became friends. So it's it's a weird, alleged situation, um, mm-hmm. but those letters were really telling when we we did find out about those. So mm-hmm. that's definitely and, a motive for murder. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it has been a motive for murder. Um. Wow. And when you, um, you basically just opened a can of worms for me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you got some juicy Um, information for this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) When, uh, when I, this also, when I was in school for psychology and I took paranormal psychology, I was, when I was trying to figure out what type of psychologist I wanted to be in, um, for a while there, I was thinking of forensic psychologist and criminal psychologist, but then I thought I want to be able to sleep at night. So, Um, I don't think I can do this. Although then here I am ghost hunting. So (laughs) I had the same dream for a while until I realized what the job entailed and I, I decided against it. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, a little bit too much. Um, so before when you told Tim the story, you hadn't heard from, you hadn't heard about these other psychics. Uh, or, or people who had this gift going there and no. describing somewhat of the same thing? Nope. I was 18 years old at the time, and it was something that I... I was actually on a ride-along for college and um, as a psychology major. And, uh, oh, um, a police ride-along, just for yeah, those a, who aren't yeah, familiar. Yeah, was a piece, yeah. I, I thought I said that before, but I'm sorry. Um, no, you didn't. No, no I know. I'm just yourself. reiterating for people. <laughs> okay. um, so I actually, I was, um, I was actually double majoring in psychology and criminal justice, and oh, yeah. I decided to like. I was on a ride along. They're like, "Hey, do you want to stop by? I'm friends with the owner." I was like, "Oh, that, that would be awesome." I'd never been to the house, and my first my first situation there I was like okay this is weird and that was the information I picked up the second time I went there because they were just having like this little like I think it was close to Halloween time so it was like oh let's go for a seance type of thing and the same cop was with me and my family Mm -hmm. and his family and uh, we went in and I'm like okay this this is definitely happening twice now this is the same information that I got twice and um, I was really weirded out by it and Mm -hmm. when I had I had said it to somebody else that had been to the home. They're like, we heard this as well. And then when I met Tim, he was like, okay, you know, I've heard this as well. So it kind of validated what I picked up on my own. I didn't realize that other people were doing this. (laughs) I didn't realize Mm -hmm. other people were weird like myself at that time. (laughs) And, um, you know, Ghost Hunters had just aired, you know, on mainstream media for the first time. And people were just kind of getting used to the fact that paranormal investigations did happen. So Mm -hmm. it was it was odd. And then fast forward to 2014, I walked into the house uh, actually pregnant with my daughter and nobody knew. And uh, that's the the first time that I actually saw Lizzie, you know, straight in front of me saying, you need to leave here. Your baby's not safe. And uh, that really weirded me out for a while, too, because that kind of thing will give you nightmares, especially Mm -hmm. um, especially in that type of state, Um, you know, being a new mother and all. It's like, oh, my God, like, am I putting my child in danger by being here? Because she Mm -hmm. said so. But that kind of validated for me more that she went through exactly what we thought she did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amy Bruni, when she was investigating um, and she was pregnant on Ghost Hunters, a lot of people... um, were saying that that may be unsafe. Um, I think it's all about, you know, whether you are going to allow in or not, personally. But 
Um, so I think she's fine. But um, that would be just a very uh, scary experience. And um, when you got the message of four, was that was that did that seem to be the reoccurring number? Was that? I don't remember what other psychics got now, and Tim, I'm not sure if you remember the numbers um, that people came up with, but four was the number that that always stood out to me or was given to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we can even validate that through those letters or anything like that, but... Because um, I'm not sure if they even wrote about it every single time it happened. But. I don't even think they mentioned that in the letters. I think the letters just alluded to the inappropriate. It just relationship. just them being a little bit too close. I mean, uh, let me make sure I have this right. But Lizzie gave her high school ring to Andrew, and Andrew wore her high school ring. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah. That, that's what they were talking about. Also, in the documentary I watched about it when it was talking about how um, the father um, died wearing the ring that she gave him. So creepy. But you know what? Going back on that and not acknowledging the thought and just having that be a fleeting thought, but now that you mention that, that is a little weird. <laughs> it is. Like, I mean, it can be and it can be. Like, I'm just, I mean, is it, eh. I don't think I my don't dad know. would I mean, wear mine. I don't think you yeah. have any want or need to, you know, mm-hmm. um, I can see some like wanting to wear something from your parent, um, yeah. you know, especially as a gift or something that was like sentimental to them. Like I, I used to wear my grandmother's high school ring. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, there's a lot of weird little things like that, that people started to put together. I think that's usually something that you give, to, you know, uh, especially those days, something you give to your bow or something, yes. you know? Yes. Yep. Um, wow. This is just—I love it. This is just kind of went in a different direction. I thought we were going to go. But <laughs> <laughs> you never know where. Wonderful. That's listen. Th- I know this is your first time, Kristen, ever being on Spooky South Coast, but that's why you know paranormal people love to come on this program because mm-hmm. we get into some of the the weirder, deeper stuff. I mean, when you know Amy lives you know, uh, just a short drive away from here. And whenever she has the chance, she likes to come into the studio and hang out and, you know, co-host with us. And, mm-hmm. uh, cool. you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's really cool to be here in New England and be kind of in the heart of all of this. And, and you know, being 20 minutes away from the Borden house, we get the chance to go there uh, quite often. Yeah. But you said you'd never been there. Are you going to be there Monday or are you going to be uh, checking no, in remotely? Unfortunately, yeah, we're just doing it through a meeting through Zoom. Well, so. it'll still work if you just, while you're on the camera, if you just throw out the I word, if you just mention incest, every time that I mention it in that house, yes. the activity just goes off the charts. It's insane. Oh, my gosh. So I think even even on Zoom, if you just throw that out there, I think you'll probably stir up some activity for them for, yeah. even though I know that they're, you know, they're focusing on Maplecroft for, for most of, uh, of Monday, but you'll have the chance to at least kind of stir things up a little bit, I think. Wow. Okay. Well, I... I Please forgive me for giggling in the beginning because I thought you were making like a joke. And when you started with the word, I didn't think it was going to be incest at the end. So I was like, yep. wait, a, wait a second. Um, so that's when you, uh, I'm trying to figure out how I would even um, bring it up into the conversation. Well, I guess I can talk about it. Yeah. We talked about it here. I just, I just don't even work it into the conversation. I just be like, when they're like, "Oh, hey, Kristen, how are you joining us?" I'd be like, "Hey, how's everybody doing?" Incest, and then you know, <laughs> stop it. You don't do that. And then where the whole house just starts well, lighting that's why up. I kind of started giggling because I thought that's where you were, you were kind of making a joke or something at first. And I'm like, wait, no, this is serious, and I should 
um, not be. The times that we've done it in person have been really wild. Um, I, I can think of two accounts where I was there and it was brought up and it got wild fast. So, oh my goodness. And like very wild. The, the time, the first time I did it, I mentioned I went with my friend who uh, is a Fall River cop and he started to speak to Andrew Borden as if uh, they would have back in that time using the same type of language. And he identified himself as a Fall River policeman. And, you know, he said, I know what you did and I'm, I've come here to speak to you about it. And the table actually picked up and pinned him against the wall in front of us. Um, so I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. You know, is it time to go home yet? Uh, another time, I think we were table tipping and we brought it up and, you know, things just started to move on their own around the room. And it was a room full of 30 people mm-hmm. and people were really like, you know, freaked out, but that's, you know, why they came and what they signed up for you. So you can't run and scream out of the room, but it got really weird quick. And, uh, the house just doesn't like it. And that's kind of more validation for us as to something's wrong here. You know, something must mm-hmm. have happened. Yeah. You know, the kind of the word being a trigger word. Right. Um, does Susan know about this? Uh, I'm not sure. You know? I'm, I'm not sure yeah. if they know. I mean, I know that Danielle knows. Uh, yeah. Danielle, who's, you know, the tour guy that's working with them and all the stuff. So I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. that they, they're they aware. I don't know if whether or not they're going to be, you know, comfortable bringing it up. It's it's one of those yeah, things where... Yeah, that's It's a very touchy, touchy subject. You but know? it's part of the story. Well, I mean, even, even if it's not true, the fact that people talk about it mm-hmm. has made it part of the legend. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's still, it's still kind of, inv- and that's why, you know, we don't know for all we know when, when I mention the word and the activity stirs up, it, it could be because they don't like me talking about it because it wasn't true. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a variety of different is. angles. So, so this is actually going on right now, this, this live investigation, and it's going to go on not only uh, until late tonight, uh, but then it'll pick up again tomorrow. Uh, I'll be joining in uh, at about uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so I'll be talking about the proximity of the Borden House to the Bridgewater Triangle and how and how that kind of plays a factor into some of what's going on. But they've got all kinds of different stuff that's happening, uh, all different types of experiments. And then, of course, Kristen, you're going to be part of a roundtable with Susan and Patrick Doyle and Jay uh, from Ghost Mine, all yeah, as part of the, so the Monday festivities. Getting the team back together. Yeah. So, the ghost mine crew. It, and if you ever do get the chance to come out here and you want to go check it out, let us know. We'll we'll head over there with you because uh, we, we can tell you all the different experiences we've had there. Probably stuff that, you know, you won't even see happening on this, on this live weekend because it's just been, you know, now, what, 14 years of us going there uh, again yeah. and again and again. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to. I mean, this is a story that's always... Uh, fascinated me and then to be able to talk to you two tonight um you know hearing all this new information for me it's just wow so thank you for for sharing with me as well and i think that'd be something um to you know talk with jay over there at the dark zone too about what you told me sure now we only got about two minutes left before we have to go to the news uh do we know is there going to be more ghost hunters coming along at some point um mum is the word okay (laughs) well if it does uh just feel free that you can come back here anytime you want and we can discuss it and, and help you promote it thank you i very much appreciate that and i really enjoyed speaking with you too thank you for having me on all right take care have a great night thank you you bye 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 
And we are just about ready to go into the news. But if you want to check that out, just go to thedarkzone.tv and uh, you can find out all about how you can sign up and join. It's not too late. You can definitely buy your pass now to get you involved in the event for the remainder of the time, not only the rest of tonight, but all the stuff going on tomorrow and going on Monday as well. And uh, you can even see right now there's a live chat going on in there as people are checking out what's going on. Uh, There's multiple cameras that you can check out as it goes on. All of this for you right now for just $19.99 to be able to check out during the broadcast. So again, go to thedarkzone.tv. If you want to get involved in that, hopefully all of you out there will at least check in tomorrow uh, while I am uh, on there discussing things that are going on. But plenty of stuff happening as a part of that. I mean, think about it. You can get a, a movie that's in the theaters right now. You can get Bill and Ted Face the Music right now for 20 bucks. And I would recommend it. It was a good movie. I watched it. Today. <laughs> but you can get it for 20 bucks and have it be over in an hour and a half. Or for 20 bucks, you can get a pass to this and watch a live investigation go on for the next couple of days. Sounds like a good deal to me. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Lizzie Borden. We'll talk about Maplecroft. We'll talk about the fact that Maplecroft is up for sale again. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a bit with more Spooky South Coast. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke, who has, uh, you know, been sharing with us some of what she's picked up at the Borden House when she's been there before. And I think that a lot of people out there listening to this program now have probably been there as well, whether it's, you know, staying there, whether it's taking the tour. Uh, it could be that you have gone to some of our events. And then it could be that you, um, you know, maybe you've been there because a lot of you have been around the area for a long time. Maybe you've been there even before it opened up as a bed and breakfast. Maybe you knew the folks that lived there before. Maybe you had the chance to get in there growing up. Who knows with the different connections that everybody has, but I, everybody's kind of experienced it in different ways. And so, as I was saying, you know, you'll get the chance to kind of see the investigations happening live, but... Keep in mind that that's just, you know, one four-day snippet of what goes on over there, that this kind of stuff is happening all the time, that the investigations are, you know, probably not as frequent now because of everything that's going on in the world, but when things are kind of normal, for lack of a better term, there's investigations happening there all the time, whether it be from people like us going in there investigating or different events that are happening or just people that stay there. And rent out the house and say, you know, we're conducting an investigation of the Lizzie Borden house. So it's, you're going to get a snippet of it with this event, but certainly it's not the whole story and it's not the end of the story. So 
there's a good chance, I think, that they're going to have a lot of stuff that could be kicked up during this investigation, but it's also kind of just the tip of the iceberg with what goes on there. So if you're watching it this weekend and if you're enjoying it and you like what's happening and you think that it looks like a cool place, by all means, you know, when it's safe to travel and when you feel comfortable doing so, come and book a night at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast because it's going to be, at the very least, a very nice night staying at a, at a first-class bed and breakfast with a great breakfast in the morning. You know, you'll be able to have the full B&B experience. You'll get the tour, all of that. So it's um, it's certainly worth it just for that alone, but maybe something paranormal will happen as well. And speaking of paranormal, uh, I was um, mentioning uh, when Stephanie and I were on uh, Midnight Society the other night. Thank you again, Stephanie, for bailing me out when our guests had to cancel. Anytime, my friend. We had a reincarnation week this week on Midnight FM and... Uh, one of our guests could not join us because of the hurricane, Hurricane Laura. So he said, you know, I don't have any power. And then the second guest that was supposed to be on for the last hour, we we're going to have them on for three hours. And then they couldn't join us. So I said, hold on. I think I know somebody that can come on <laughs> and talk a little reincarnation. But, right. we, you know, we talked about a lot of different things. And if you missed out on it, you can check it out by uh, becoming a member at Midnight FM. And then you can hear it in the archives. But, you know, I, I, I was trying to like... I meant to message you and tell you uh, during that interview, mm-hmm. like, just treat it like spooky South Coast, you know, keep it like laid back, relaxed. Don't worry. But it seemed like you kind of got into the vibe. Yeah. But, you know, it's not, I know it's a different show. It's kind of a different type of show, but it's, it's super laid back. You know, it's not like you're being interviewed in a real interview. It's just me. Well, I know you like really interviewed me maybe like once or twice in our friendship and I wasn't sure because you didn't tell me. So I kind of tried in the beginning and I was like, okay, you're talking to me like we normally talk. So, yeah. And it was so late at night and I was so tired and it was such short notice. And I was like, this is going to end up being just as weird as Spooky South Coast. And it, it turned into, uh, you know, I think a lot, I was getting messages from people that were yep. saying like, this feels like I'm just listening to two friends talk, but in a good way. Well, that's good. You know, not that, not that I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm listening to a conversation and this isn't worth me tuning into. Mm-hmm. They just felt like, you know, it was just very relaxed and, and that dynamic was there. So, you know, we'll, we'll have you come on again. Maybe there'll be some shows where I might say, hey, you want to pop on and co-host this one with me? Yeah. And, you know, ask some questions, you know, like if, if we booked James Van Prague, of course. Right. You know, I would have you come on as a co-host because, you know, you were the one that wanted us to bring him on Spooky in the first place. And, yes, I did. And he did say that it was one of his favorite interviews that he's ever yeah, done. He's actually come on twice with us. Yeah. And so. it, he seemed sincere about it. He seemed to really like it. Mm-hmm. So He's you know, actually very kind. The, the thing is, is I try to express to people when they come on with us that it's not an interview. It's a conversation. Yeah. You know, as you just heard with Kristen Lumen, we, mm-hmm. we have conversations. And I think that that makes it a place that people want to come back to. Right. And and as you know, you know, we have people that have been past guests that listen and then we'll just pick up the phone and call in. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the, you know, because there's a new documentary coming out uh, for the Travel Channel about the Warrens. Right. And I, I actually got an advanced copy of it and I was going to watch it today. But... You get busy. Well, it's a, it's embargoed <laughs> till Monday, any reviews. Uh, so I couldn't talk about it. So I didn't watch it yeah. so that I wouldn't be tempted to talk about it on the air tonight. Makes sense. Uh, but you know, I was talking to somebody about when that story came out about how there was an extra person involved in uh-huh. that marriage for like 30 years. And so I, um, was, you know, sharing that story with some people in, in, in a, in a, an online conversation. And the, the question came up about, you know, well, how did that all come about? And I couldn't remember all the details. 
So it's been a while. I went to go listen to the episode and I was like, oh yeah, Chip Coffee just called into that episode. Right. You know, like it just shows that people realize this is a place they can come in and, and, and talk about what they want to talk well, about. Well, they know it's safe with us too, because we'll look at all sides. You know, we're very neutral when it comes to everything, you know, even if we do have our opinions. And I think that's the beauty of what we do here is we just, we're relaxed, we're laid back, we're comfortable and we allow people to feel comfortable as well in their own opinions. And it's been like that since the beginning. We've always been a safe place for people to come and be able to share their stories, whether they're, you know, afraid of being judged or, you know, there's something very strange to talk about like that story. So anybody that's listening on Midnight FM and you were getting it just in one ear, I apologize for that. Uh, what happened was I pulled the cord out because <gasps> I'm so used to being able to put my foot up right over here underneath well, the we counter have equipment and now i have the cord running across it i think i put my foot up there and, and pulled it out of there so i apologize and I, <laughs> I know there's been a little bit of audio issues if you ever have any problems hearing it on midnight fm you know don't be afraid to to reach out and let me know but we do we do have the podcast version later so you'll be able to hear it you know when it's full however bad i produced it live on the spot audio <laughs> which you know we're, we're doing pretty well i think so uh the I want to get into the Maplecroft stuff, but uh, we have a phone call. We do have a phone call. And I'm I'm pretty sure I know who it is. It, it could be one of two. <clears throat> no, because the other one usually comes in with a, with the number showing on the, uh, this okay. one. This one is usually a sure sign of who it is. Okay. But the, the thing is, is, if it's who I think it is, he tried to call in three times to Midnight Drive last night. Oh, really? And I, so I'm just going to reiterate, one call per listener. Right. On Spooky South Coast. Not only is that the rule that I have on, on Midnight Society, that but that is literally the rule here at WBSM. We had to start that rule, I think, a long time ago when we had psychics on the show. Well, no, it's not even my rule. No, it's I know, but I'm saying it's the with, station's rule. With, I mean, uh, with Spooky, at least. And I'm, and I'm supposed to limit people. Right. You know, and, and so just keep that in mind. Lamone, if this is you, you're going to be able to connect with us. We'll take Lamone's call. He'll be able to to join us, but you can join us with this one call, and you're going to be limited in how long you can go, just just the way that it goes. Not my rules, station rules. And I'm not getting pulled into a meeting because Lamone wants to take over the show on Saturday nights. So just putting that out there, let's, uh, now I've built this all up, watch it not even be him. Right. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast, Hello. I guess you're not the only psychic in, in the building. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now, uh, Stephanie, you remember the last time when I talked to you on the phone when you were on there? You remember something that fell when, when I was talking? Oh, something that fell while I was talking to you. Yes. Twice it fell. Then after that, after I hung, after after I was rudely cut off from you, the three things fell after that in short succession. I was like, oh. I'm scared. I was like, come on, Stephanie, come over. I'm scared. Like that. <laughs> but, you know, but I told him, this, did he tell you that things were falling around the house after? He didn't tell you that, did he? No, I haven't had a chance to talk to her since then. Well, you were right. I sent you the text when you hung up the phone. Well, well after you hung up on me, like, geez. And so on. Well, I right, mean, uh, also, what, what do you want me to do? It's radio. Do you want me to wait and say, all right, Lamone, have a good night. I love you. See you later. <laughs> it's radio, that man. That's nice. how it works. That, that would make me feel special, you know, instead of waiting for my little bus to come. I have more reason to wait for do, my little bus. Do, do, you call, do you call other radio programs? 
I appreciate that. But, you know, normally <laughs> when you talk, talk on the, you know, when you call radio programs, you know, they just, they, when you're done talking, they just talk over you and hit the button to cut you off. So you could be talking mm-hmm. and you don't even realize that it's disconnected. Usually, when I've called other places, they keep me on as long as I want to stay on because they appreciate my. I my thought you didn't call anywhere else. That is, there's no way that that's there's no way that that's true. I feel when I used to call other states, <laughs> other programs. Well, we but, know um, that you know we're your favorites, but you know we do yes, have to limit are. the calls because we Rats. we, we get what in trouble. I, you didn't know I'm schizophrenic this weekend, so I might somebody else might call. But um, tomorrow we morning we have caller ID. <laughs> Well, like tomorrow is Charlton Heston Day on TCM. Tomorrow at six fifteen is the Omega Man. That's the one with uh, you know, like the it's the one that uh, that uh, what's some jigget that um I, uh, I am Legend came from was that one. And then uh, at at what is it eleven fifteen tomorrow night is Soylent Green. And so it's like we we talked about that, and I know you haven't seen that, Stephanie. That nope. should be really good for you to watch. Yeah, and all the listen, yeah, because I think it'll be some fun to watch. Yeah, get like some get some snacks and sit down and watch Soylent Green. <laughs> and, your, and your daughter likes likes kind of and kind of sci sci fi movies, doesn't she? Uh, we like a lot of Disney Junior, so okay, probably uh, not. I don't blame you. Okay, well that's that's not as bad, but you know, but if you watch let her watch the Omega Man. Then she'll see you see interracial making out. So Charlton Heston making out with a black chick in the movie. Just you know, so I'm sure like a lot of people. Oh yeah, let me turn that up. And so, but I think that'd be wonderful. And one, uh, two other things. All right, what do you? So are you guys going to watch? Did you watch that video I sent you yet? I have not watched the video yet. No. Oh, you are such a a geek. What's (laughs) up with that? Oh, curses. He's been trying to get me for days to watch this video. I'm just trying to see how long I can go now without watching it. No, I just keep forgetting. I've had a rough couple of days, Lamone. In in all seriousness, I've had a rough couple of days. Are you okay? Do you need someone to talk to? I'm I'm all good. I'm all good. I appreciate the offer, though. I've got I've got some candy I might send you, but I know you like the Swedish fish curses. I've got bunch almond joys, the big ones, and I said, "Oh, Stephanie likes almond joys. They're in the freezer right now." Actually. Okay, so that we we covered the second thing. Now, what's the third thing? Because we're we're running low on time here. All right. What are you? What are you? Uh, who's going to be your guest this week coming up? On uh, the show? Well, this week, in all honesty, I'm going to be a forthright. Unlike other programs, I'm going to be honest with people. We're going to have some pre-recorded programs uh, this week uh, because I had. Well, I previously had agreed to do something that I don't think I any longer have to do. But the the shows have already been recorded, and we don't want to sit on them. So uh, there might be some pre-recorded programs to start the week off. But then I'll be live by the end of the week. Uh, so we will we will we will reveal all of the guests tomorrow on the Midnight.fm social media. So you can just follow us on across social media at Midnight Dotfm. You know what's really crazy when you just said that? I'm watching X X the X Men Apocalypse. And the apocalypse just said, "All will be revealed." And we said that. You said revealed. Oh, something spooky in the air. Synchronicity. So, uh, but this is where we end up saying, instead of hanging up on you, I'm going to say goodbye, Lamone. We love you and have a great you. night. <laughs> you make me feel all like a little kid again. <laughs> oh, she she Thank wants to be the one to press the button. No, I just said now we can all press right. the button. Have a good night, Lamone. Go ahead, Stephanie. You can hit it. You want to hit that? There you go. Yep. There you go. All right. So that was nice of you to say. You didn't say I love you. I said we love you. 
Yeah. Well, he wants the I love you. Okay, well, you know what? I went for you know, we. You know who else? You know who else wants you to say an I love you to them? Who? And also, you can say happy birthday. Okay. To Gary. I will definitely say happy birthday and I love you to Gary. It's it's technically Gary's birthday now where he is. Is it really? Yes, because he lives in the UK. Okay. So, but yes, happy he birthday. He is. He's oh, that's awesome. He's the one that's been telling me if I fix the audio, him, him and Amy. So, the, Perfect. Um, yep, the birthday boy. Uh, who who hooked me up today <laughs> with uh, with Bill and Ted three? So I was able to watch it. I did see something like that. His birthday, but I got the present. So that's okay. It was a good movie. Have you ever seen the Bill and Ted movies? Yes. And do you like them? Uh, from what I remember, yes. Okay. But it's been a long time. This was pretty good, and it's pretty awesome that Keanu Reeves has moved far beyond Bill and Ted movies. Mm-hmm. But you know he he still has such a, a close friendship with Alex Winter, and when they wanted to do this third one, he was all in. Yep. You know, and so um, and and certainly, you know, it was kind of weird to see Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves now as as Ted Theodore Logan again. But it was uh, it was a pretty good movie. But does it feel like Bill and Ted? It definitely does. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's a little <laughs> weird, mm-hmm. just because they're older. But it's it's still pretty funny. And I actually had to stop the movie. Uh, about a couple minutes into it, because I started laughing immediately at one of the jokes. Really? So I don't I don't want to ruin it, but I'll tell you I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Um, but you know, yeah, I'll tell you after the show. Yeah, you can't ruin it for everybody else. It's just a, just a quick little joke, but there's a lot of references to the previous movies. You know, like it's not it's not ruining it to tell you like you know there's there's no Circle K in the movie, right? Like there was in the first movie, but like this, I thought it was a nice touch that there's a billboard on the side of the highway at one point that's a Circle K billboard. That's funny. You know, so a little reference, and 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 one of the things that you know you might not pick up on that I'll tell you about uh, in the movie, and it's in the trailer, so I'm not ruining ruining it. But Kristen Schaal <laughs> plays because there's no George Carlin, he passed mm-hmm. away, so he can't play Rufus. But Kristen Schaal plays the person from the future mm-hmm. who comes back, who is Rufus's daughter. Oh, that's cool. And in in the movie, the character's name is Kelly, mm-hmm. and in real life, George Carlin's daughter's name is Kelly. So, so I thought nice that was tribute. a nice, yeah, a nice little touch, you know. So, but it's a lot of the. You can tell like it's a movie that was made by people that all like each other and are like that a family care. and kind of wanted to, you know, get back together one last time. And if you know, I'll be honest with you, if they made more, I'd watch more, you know, because it was just it was not only was it a nice nostalgic trip, but it was um it was it was fun. So I would like to see you know if they wanted to make like a. Uh, a netflix series about like the daughters now mm-hmm. you know something like that sure i'm in you know I, I even used to watch i think they had the bill and ted cartoon there was bill and ted comic books so you were in deep i was a big fan and i had never heard of of the movie um uh, no i shouldn't say that I, i'd seen i'd seen the the, the trailers when mm-hmm. it came out in the theaters but that summer was a huge summer for movies see you're too young uh, were you even born in 1989 yeah okay i was one all right, so the summer of 1989 Maybe. was huge for movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Batman, we had Lethal Weapon 2, we had Ghostbusters 2, mm-hmm. we had Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I always say that 1989 was the best summer for movies of my entire life. Okay. And Bill and Ted kind of came out among that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really something that was uh, in the mind. I'd seen the trailers and I thought that it, um, the commercials on TV and I thought that it looked cool, but I kind of didn't remember it in my, you know, pressuring to, to go to the to the movies or pressuring right. to get them on home video. And I used to wait because the summer movies would start to come out in October and November on VHS. Yep. And I would like count down the days and then make my dad go to the movies, to the video store the day that it came out. But Bill and Ted, when... I went to sixth grade. 
one of the girls in my class, her parents owned the video store in town. And so she got a bunch of mm-hmm. book covers, Bill and Ted book covers, that we all got distributed out to, to the class. So all my books were covered in Bill and Ted book covers. So I was like, I'm all in on this movie, whatever it is. <laughs> and then when I finally got the chance to see it, I, I just it loved just it. perfect. Yeah. And I know Bill and Ted kind of fell out of public favor when Wayne's World came out, and it was kind of the same thing, only it was just a bigger deal. But uh, I'm always happy to go back and, and live in that world. San Dimas, one last time. I think we have another call on the line here, so uh, let's go to that. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Hello. How are you? Oh, just hanging in and you. Uh, doing well. It's been a while. I want. I know. I hear you on um, filling in, though, and on the radio sometime during the day. Whenever they need me. I'm here for them, whatever they need. Oh, Tim, so anyway, I wanted to ask you a question, um, uh, because the Red Sox was on, so I don't know, I think I missed some of the show. Yeah, that's so the way that it's set up here is we can broadcast over the app and over the internet stream, and then when the game uh, is over, it kind of joins the show in progress. But with the beginning of the program, we were talking about uh, there's an event going on at the Lizzie Borden house this weekend where they're doing a live investigation. So we had one of the cast members from Ghost Hunters on that was taking part in that. Uh, But we're going to be talking uh, coming up here in a minute about Lizzie Borden's other house, Maplecroft, which is back up for sale again. Have you, have you ever been over there to either either Lizzie Borden House or, or to Maplecroft? No, not yet. I, I recommend it. I mean, it's it's worth going there and take. I think it's like what ten bucks to take the tour, Stephanie, or something like that. I don't remember. It's been a little while. And the the when you go there, uh, the tour itself is I want to say six um, six uh, two hours. Oh so, yeah, that's something to look forward to doing, huh? It's like going to the movies. Only it's a it's a live movie in front of you. They walk you through the house where these murders happen and give you all the information. It's it's fantastic, and the tour guides over there are all so great. I always recommend you know going for the last tour of the day, and then that way there maybe you can stick around and pick their brains a little bit more about some of the stuff about the the murders, about the trial, even about some of the paranormal stuff. They're all so knowledgeable over there. I just wanted to ask you one question for you. We hang up. You know, I got to ask you something about death. I um, I sit in a certain chair every day outside, and this huge um, dragonfly was dead upside down on the chair, and then my friend died shortly after that. Oh no! Yeah, there was actually two. The first one was um laying straight on a different part of the yard and um they're real big ones so big dragonflies i got a lot of dragonflies around me lately does that mean anything i'll I'll throw that in stephanie's corner that's more her uh her realm so depending on uh what you follow and uh most people will just say that dragonflies are spirit messengers or they are a common sign from our family members or friends in spirit. Um, but going into a little bit deeper, uh, the Native Americans believed that um, dragonflies represented change and transformation. So if they're showing up pretty regularly, it could just be that you are going through a change in your life right now. And I don't mean like something drastic. It could just be, you know, an emotional change, a spiritual change, um, changing your daily routine. Um, something coming that is going to change up your life a little bit. It doesn't necessarily mean something negative. It could be very positive. Um, And it very well could be a sign 
from spirit, um, from your, your friends that have just passed? Yeah, I get a lot of um, stuff like that in my yard and, like, flowers that aren't even supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's, you know, a lot of people really wish that they had a lot of signs from their, their loved ones in spirit. So to have that or to have so many things like that, you're very lucky, and that's very awesome. Okay, thank you. I'll be listening. All right, thanks. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Good night. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's shining. She's a regular daytime caller to some of the programs here, and awesome. We love when she can stay up and listen late here on right. on uh, on Spooky South Coast. And and I don't know, I don't know if uh, the audience is aware of this, <laughs> uh, but those who listen on WBSM are, are aware of it. But one of our regular listeners was also a Dirty Deb, yes, who who passed away a few weeks ago uh, after you know a brief health issue. Uh, so you know we we miss. We miss Dirty Deb too. It was, it was, she wouldn't always call in. I don't even know if she ever actually called in live to the show, but she would call me on Monday in the mm-hmm. newsroom and harass me about whatever it was that we were talking about on the show. Right. And I would say, well, why didn't you call in? She'd be like, oh, spooky. I can't, I can't call you that late. I'm usually elbow deep in a, in an engine trying to get, <laughs> try to get my trucks going. So, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not the same being on WBSM. When right. I was doing the news here a couple of weeks ago, it's just not the same, you know, without Dirty Deb calling in and harassing me. I, I miss her. So, uh, Dirty Deb, if you're out there listening in the great beyond somewhere, you know, you're you're very much missed. And, and, and I still look forward to hearing you come through an EVP someday and yelling, Spooky! Like she used to yell at me on the phone. I love it. Uh, definitely one of a kind. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Maplecroft a little bit more, though, because we, we were discussing it prior to uh, uh, Kristen joining us to talk about what's going on with the dark zones event this weekend. But so one of the problems with taking uh, over a historic (laughs) location like that, and and I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that somebody's going to come in with the mindset of taking everything that's in that house now and keeping it exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So if you bought that house and it's going to be your private residence, of course you're going to want to change things around. Mm -hmm. But Let's just say that you know their their full plan is to buy it and and keep it as is. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to cost you it's eight hundred ninety thousand dollars. Right. That comes fully furnished. So everything that you see in those photos uh, that are online at the wbsm.com story, everything in those photos is all coming with the house. And that means you don't have to do anything to restore it. I mean, it's already restored. It's turnkey, and, you know, right. yeah. Uh, would you say then that the person who buys that should have full expectation of needing to open that house up to the public? Or do you think that for $890,000, if somebody just wants to buy it and make it their private home, then that's their prerogative? I think if somebody's going to make it their private home, they're going to have to make a lot of changes because it is set up for a period-like bed and breakfast. Yeah, well, there's no flat screen hanging on the wall, so. <laughs> right. So um, they're definitely going to have to make some changes. And it actually is a very beautiful home if you want to just live there as as a private residence. I think um, the public would love to be able to tour it because they are fascinated with horrible things like the murder that took place. Even though it did not take place in that home, the person that was accused of that murder and later acquitted 
lived in that home. And there's a lot of history there besides just Lizzie and what happened at Second Street. You know, she had these lavish parties. She had a lot of people in and out. So who's to say, you know, who is haunting that home? There could be a lot of energy in there. I know, um, I believe you're the one that told me that at one point they had a little room where they conducted some seances. So I, I don't know if they did. I don't think they conducted seances there. Christy called it her seance room. Okay, well, she just way. put a crystal ball on a table up there. I don't think she ever actually did anything there. Well, we'll never know. So, well, I mean, I could just text her and ask her, but but it's a very like, you know, it's a cool ho- house to look at and just to walk through and, and be in. And, and I can tell you that you know when when Donald and Leanne did it, the mm-hmm. uh, purchase it, the first thing they did was like, yeah, we're not we're changing around that seance room. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we're not having that uh, be part of this. But it would be cool if they did. So, you know, it's a, I don't know. I'm, I think depending on how the spirits of the house feel about it, I think I would go with that answer. If the spirits of the home or if Lizzie wants to, uh, Lizbeth, I'm sorry, if she wants to welcome people into the home, then absolutely go for it. I know I think you quoted Amy Bruni as saying that she would welcome uh, Amy and Adam both were adamant that they would love to see it be open to the public. Adam especially. I mean, yeah. Adam was very adamant uh, about wanting to see it be, because it's just too much history and right. too connected to the very fabric of Fall River that he would like to see it happen. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I thought, I fully expected to be sitting in this seat tonight, mm-hmm. blowing you away yes. with my amazing psychic powers. You were. Because. I thought you were tired. I did. Okay. Are we I coming did. out of retirement? I came out of retirement. <laughs> no, I, 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 I retired from, from giving readings. Okay. All because right. that one time that I remote viewed, I hit on with dead accuracy, <laughs> at least according to the caller. I'm sure the caller was just humoring me. but uh, So I retired as the world's most accurate remote viewer slash mm-hmm. psychic. But the, the last couple of days, writing mm-hmm. this story about Maplecroft, about how you know somebody has to buy it and and take it over and and want to do the right thing and all that kind of stuff, and my hand when we were talking the other night on the phone my my hand started itching. Oh, <laughs> and from my understanding, it's left hand itches. You're getting money. Right hand itches. You're giving up money. I don't know. Yeah, the old wives' tale. Right. Not that I believe it, but my hand started itching, and this has happened before where I've gone through a period of a couple of days when my hand is itchy, mm-hmm. and usually something has happened Mm -hmm. you know not a a couple maybe a month ago month and a half ago my right hand started itching my car broke okay and that's that has nothing to do with the last time my left hand got itchy i got hired from midnight in the desert full-time so you know there's there has been some kind of past synchronicity with that but you know probably just (laughs) coincidence so but my left hand became very itchy as we were talking okay and I said, okay, whatever, whatever. It's just weird. After we spoke and the show was over and I edited the show and I uploaded it and all that stuff and did all the work I had to do for WBSM and I went to go to bed at like 3.30, 4 in the morning. As I'm getting ready, the n- the number popped into my head, 18 million. Just mm-hmm. that number just randomly popped into my head. Okay. Like, hmm, 18 million. What would I have to do to get $18 million? And then I was like, well. Start an OnlyFans account. I'd have to, I could. <laughs> I, I was like, so I'd have to split split the money with somebody. Um, so I was like, okay, let me do the math. And then, so, 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 so then, you know, I get a cough up about 40 something percent of those. So I was like, I probably got to win like around like 64 to 74 million yep. for me to kind of clear 18 million. 
Okay. And it just kept popping into my head again and again and again. So finally, I looked up what the Mega Millions was for Friday night. Mm -hmm. And the Mega Millions was $64 million. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to go buy some tickets. So I bought one ticket. Okay. And then I was waiting for, uh, you know, of course, I went to 7-Eleven, so they were making my dinner for me. And I was waiting for my dinner to heat up <laughs> at 7-Eleven. And I said, you know, dogs. let me get, no, I actually got pizza. Oh, that's that's better. <laughs> I was like, let me wait and, let me wait and, I mean, let me get uh, two more tickets. Uh, so I got two more tickets. So now I have three quick picks. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. You know, at 11 o'clock, they still don't post a number, still don't post mm-hmm. a number, still... But by that point, I had it convinced in my head that I was going to win eight, you know, I was going to clear $18 million and I was going to buy Maplecroft to the point where I'm like justifying in my head, do I want to spend $890,000 on a house if I win $18 million? Mm-hmm. Is coughing up, you know, one eighteenth of your fortune for your house a fair value? Well, yes, but what am I going to be able to utilize? Am I going to utilize that to make money? Am I going right. to? And then I'm like, but then I won't be able to do this because then when I'm at work, and then I'm like, but wait a minute, I want eighteen million dollars. Am I still going to go to work? I'd like to, but will <laughs> I? And then, like, I really was like rationalizing uh-huh. the whole thing in my head. And by the way, I never play the lottery. You right. know that I, I never buy lottery tickets. So I will when like they get to be those ridiculous jackpots. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that's just for fun more than anything. So I was that convinced that I was going to win. Like you were going to be coming over there and, and, and helping me do all this paranormal stuff there. I'd actually convinced myself I was going to live in the carriage house uh-huh. so that the dog wouldn't go on the hardwood floors and Maplecroft yep. and, you know, that I could have my modern conveniences in there and have everything old and so, uh, you know, but um, spoiler alert. You didn't win. I didn't win. <laughs> I did not win. Not only did I not win $64 million, I didn't win $18 million. Uh, I didn't even win $1. So mm-hmm. I cost myself $9. So Well, let's hope that somewhere, somewhere else, you're going to come across $18 million. It's still possible. I mean, I, and you And that know, you don't have to split it. It's still possible. If, if you know, maybe, maybe I do start that OnlyFans. Right. You know, if Bella Thorne can make a million dollars in one week. I So I brought that up to my brother and he was like, I oh, know it was two million. Gross. Gross because it's Bella Thorne. But like, I think he said like she didn't even like take any risque pictures or anything like no, that. No, it was bikini photos. Right. 18, uh, I'm sorry, two million dollars for right. bikini photos. You should see how I look in a bikini. I totally think you should do it. I think there's a lot of people that would pay for that. I have, I have a, an, <laughs> let's just say, uh, I, I have the perfect outfit for, okay. for, for that, for, for my OnlyFans. Okay. So. I can only imagine. It's a, it's a pair of sweatpants mm-hmm. that are two sizes too big for me now. It's uh it's the baggiest t-shirt that I had even when I had more weight on me. Yep. So yeah, that I will actually look. have a brilliant idea, but I don't know if I want to share it on the radio, so I'm gonna have to tell you afterward. Okay, sounds good. I think we have a call on the line. Let's take that call. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hello, Tim. It sounds like you did what 99.9 percent of every person that's ever been on this earth. You fantasized about it, of course. But you did work it out with the math. I give you credit with that. I mean, you see where yeah. it's gonna go, what it would take. I give you credit there. When it starts to get to the point, Phil, where it sounds like it's gonna be like it makes sense, <laughs> that's when you convince yourself that it's absolutely real, <laughs> right? And then you get all nervous, and like you said, you're eating and looking at the clock, and oh man, I went from one to two to three. 
the compulsiveness and all that? Absolutely. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. It's been a Likewise. long time since I've spoken to you, young lady. I know. How you, how you doing? Are you doing all right? Hold oh, my health has gotten a little bit better since I was in the hospital there last month and uh, doing some changes. Um, I uh, found some things the other day on my medicals, and I took a look from where I was six years ago to even two years ago. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's my, a big my, difference. Everything is so positive. I'm taking one um, blood pressure medication. Four years ago, I was taking four. I've lost another, well, I lost 14 pounds in three days. That's why I ended up in the hospital. Oh. And there's other reasons, but um, my cholesterol medications is lower. Just all that good stuff. I've changed lifestyles. I try to watch my diet. Sometimes I do good with it. I've also, the best thing I've done is I try to change my environment. I've been a caretaker my whole life, and I've realized I can care for people, but I got to take care of me first. Absolutely. Self-preservation. Yeah. I can still be kind. I can still help you. And I had to tell somebody last night, I care for you, but I can't be a caretaker. I, we, we can work together. I can assist you. Because what you've been seeing me do for the last year kind of went off track, and I ended up in the hospital. So the last couple of weeks and today, in a weird kind of thing along where you guys deal with in your shows. <laughs> so I went out of town today. To see a friend I ain't seen in a while, and he's worked on his trailer, and took a friend of me who's had some health issues, and hadn't been here in a long time, and we decided we're going to go with Chinese. So me and the male went for the Chinese, the two males to the trailer. We pull into the Chinese parking lot, and he doesn't see it, but I do, and he almost ran over one of them steel posts that they put signs on on the side of the road, like bus stop signs and stuff. So I said, wow, that's dangerous. It's a couple inches over the curb, too close. So I pick it up. I put it up against the fence. And I'm looking up and down and up and down. I'm like, where did that come from? And obviously got ripped off the base. I look straight across. And earlier this week, there was an accident. And the base was on the other side. On the other side, of the, it's actually a real big intersection. And the type of vehicle that was involved in the accident, as I realized where the base was, was going right by me. I remember hearing a news report, somebody was a fatal. Right. And guys, I wasn't spooked by it. I was like, whoa. Like, took my breath away, and I kind of shook my hands a little bit. And I said, God bless their families, and I hope they're dealing with it well. And I came back to New Bedford later on. And I was thinking about you guys when I'd come. I got done with the Red Sox, and I was doing some things, and I just look, looked over, and I went, my God, that's Tim. <laughs> I haven't heard you on this radio in months. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back. We came back a few weeks ago, um, but I know that they've had games on. So usually, you know, because of the way that it's set up now, we can just come in and start doing the show, and we go over the app, and we go over the web uh, over the website. But then once the game is over on the radio, then it switches over to us. So even if the Red Sox are on, uh, you know, usually once the game is over, if if it's Saturday night, you'll hear us kind of take things over. And, I'm, and I just got a new phone the other day, so I'm going to redo the app like you showed me there a 
couple of years ago downtown. So mm-hmm. by the end of this week, and I'll have the app back up so I can just bypass everything. So. Yeah, uh, excellent. I mean, it's the best way to hear it because not only that, you never lose the signal like you do with the radio. You know, so if you're driving out of town, you don't have to worry about picking up the signal. You just connect your app to your car and you just listen to it no matter where you go. I mean, I've been all over this country uh, and kind of even uh, other places outside this country just listening to WBSM on that app. It's, it's, it's amazing. As long as you out of this world, Tim, we're good. It it might still work, you know, as long as they put Wi-Fi in the space in the in the uh, in the alien spacecraft, I'll still be able to get <laughs> there you it. Go, brother. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Likewise. Take care. And uh, 508-996-0500 is the number. If anybody else wants to call in in the time that we have left, we got about uh, probably about eighteen minutes left in the show, uh, so plenty of time if people want to call in. But it's good to hear, you know, some of these regular listeners that we've had over the years, even right. though we were off the air for five months, you know, that they're still around, they're still they're still listening to us, and they're, they're, they're happy that we're back. Right, and they're up late, which is great. So I will tell you this, you know, we, we upload all of the episodes of this program to our podcast server, mm-hmm. uh, which then makes it available for people to listen all over the world. And, you know, we're constantly begging those people to to tune in live and call in so that we can hear from our friends all over the world. But, you know, we get emails from them every now and then. People will email us or or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook and tell us where they're listening from. And please do that. If you are listening to us, Give it, uh, shoot us an email, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Tell us where you listen from. Uh, you can message us on Facebook. You can uh, uh, tweet us at SpookySC. You know, we just love to hear where, where you're all from. But... You know, I was worried that they would have all forgotten about us because we hadn't uploaded new episodes in five months. We did get a lot of emails asking us to do new episodes. Yeah, and asking where we were and right. all that. But, uh, you know, kind of, you know, I've talked about it a little bit here. We just, we couldn't come into the station. Right. And, uh, you know, even even last week, it turns out that even though I've been mostly at my own house, I had been exposed to somebody mm. that had been exposed to somebody that had tested positive for COVID. So then it becomes, all right, well, do I go into work? Do I go into the station? So I had to get clearance and, and get the okay yep. to come in just to do last week's show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I called my doctor's office and they didn't even want to test me for it. Really? They're like, that's not, you don't have to, that's not direct enough exposure. Don't worry. So I was like, okay. So crazy because everywhere else in the world it would be or... I, I mean, they told they told me I could go get a test somewhere else if I wanted to, but they just they weren't going to have me. Go so in when there and I take had one. it, and I called the hospital because there's a COVID hotline, and spoke directly with a nurse. They told me not even to bother to be tested because I was in direct contact with someone that was positive and I had symptoms, and they were like, "Yeah, basically, if you come in and you take a test." All it's going to tell you is positive or negative. It's not going to, you know, like change anything at all. I was like, but don't you want to know? Like, don't you want to know I have it? I mean, I have a doctor's appointment on Monday. Yeah. So it's know, just very I can strange. talk to my doctor about it then. Yeah. But well, let's yeah. hope that you're healthy and that you didn't, you know, give well, it to anybody. I seem to be. Uh, the, the, but the, you know, just playing it safe. That's what kept us from, from being able to come in. Uh, for the longest time, we couldn't right. have outside people in. So I could have came in, but you guys wouldn't have been able to come in. So Right. And at the same time, too, we were set up to do it at home, but there was no way to run it on the server here. So right. We need somebody weird. to come in and, right. and take over. But, you know, the good thing is, is that we're back mm-hmm. and we plan on being here every week because we want to hit that 666th episode on October 30th. 
October 30th of 2021. Right. So that's where we're, we're pushing for that. But uh, I'm glad that, you know, looking at what the numbers were for those podcast downloads before mm-hmm. we, we went off on an extended hiatus and what they're at now. I mean, first of all, it actually pretty much stayed the same while we were Which off there too. Interesting. And it's relatively the same, just a little bit of a bump up now mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, it's it's pretty good that, you know, the audience has stuck with us all these years. So thank you for that. And uh, hopefully we will continue to um, bring you quality paranormal programming. Yes. Quality might be as much debatable. As <laughs> but the, the other part of it too is, you know, when, because I might buy another lottery ticket. When we do win Maple, when we do win and buy Maplecroft, right. we can just do the show from there. We could even have a live audience when it's allowed. We could just turn that carriage house into a studio. We could. And then just do it live from there. I am going to be doing another live Midnight FM broadcast. You are. So Midnight Society will be a live broadcast on Friday, September 25th Mm -hmm. from a place that you've been to before. Okay. The Reverend Keith Parsonage in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. I like it there. And I was surprised that they have Wi-Fi. Me too, so, actually. It's from 1662, so I don't know if the Wi-Fi is as good now as it was back then, but um, we'll be doing the show live from there. I'll be there with uh, the president, the vice president of the Old Bridgewater Historical Society, and uh, and also they're reaching out to people that, uh, that they want to have come on and talk about the history and the haunts that have happened there, and they reached out to a, a mutual friend of ours. So... The um, I have to pay his travel expenses though to come in for the show. Yeah. Yep. I gotta I gotta book travel <laughs> and accommodations for Len That's to come and be, be part of the show. Uh, but might be the, really expensive actually. I told him I said you have to come coach, no first class. Okay, but wait. Can I stalk you guys and bring buffalo dip too from down the street? You're. I mean, as long as it's okay with the historical society, it's fine with me. I will eat it in the parking lot. Depends on how many people they want to bring in and how many people there will allow to have into the house because of okay. restrictions. But Well, maybe I'll just meet you guys for dinner first. Yeah, that's possible too. It's um, it's probably going to be um, you know, a, a, one of those nights where we're just going to do the broadcast and leave because yeah. you know, I don't think we'll be hanging around and investigating. But maybe if you know, there's enough of us investigators there, maybe they'll let us keep poking around. I um, It's a really cute place. I, I like it there. It's very witchy. Um, but right down the street is the best buffalo dip that I've ever had in my life. So I might have to uh, make you guys go to dinner first. I don't, I mean, I think it's kind of the same from one place to another. I don't know if I've ever had like standout buffalo dip. It's kind of always. Oh, this is standout buffalo dip. Is it cheese and buffalo? Is there chicken in it? There's chicken. Okay. It's just, I don't know. They all kind of seem the same to me. No. And it's going to be hard because now you got to convince Len that we're not going to go to Chard Oak that night. <sighs> Have you been to Chard Oak since since that time that we went together? I went with Christy um, after a walkthrough at the Oliver House. And I want to say Len and Peggy were with me. As well, but I don't think you were there that time. So I have been no. once. What? What? Did, what? Did, no, you. Well, once without me. Yeah. Yeah, because you were there with me too. Mm-hmm. What did you have when you went? I don't remember. Did you have bacon? No. I didn't. I've never had their bacon. I don't like chewy bacon though. They'd probably they'd probably crisp it up more for you I, if you wanted. I it definitely to be. need like crispy bacon if I'm going to eat bacon. The problem is it's that thick bacon, so it's probably a little bit harder to get crispy. I know. 
I mean, everybody loves it. They rave about it. It's just not my thing. Yeah. So yeah, you you definitely want to if you're if you're thinking about going there if you've never been there on your first trip get the bacon. It's 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 candied bacon yes. that you dip in house made butterscotch, and it comes hanging on a little clothesline, and you just pull it down and you dip it into the into the butterscotch. It is definitely like the most genius marketing ever by hanging it on the little clothesline but the taste of the two things together people just can't stop talking about and they uh they actually put out the recipe kind of to make it yourself at home when they were closed down right so that people could could try it out for themselves but now they have all their new fall cocktails Mm -hmm. out and so i i gotta get over there and try all that stuff i guess i'll go there too but i still want buff dip Well, we'll just we'll just meet for dinner. Right. We'll have dinner, and then you can get the buffalo dip and have it as a snack. All right. For deal. later on. All right. But anyway, you know we'll, that'll be a live broadcast. That'll be fun. So uh, going back though, um, just quickly, uh, we have about ten minutes left. Uh, talking more a little bit about Maplecroft. When they put the house, well, when the house first went up for sale. Now f- consider this: for a long time, it was owned by the same person. And he let it get into a dilapidated state. You know, people would always complain that he kept putting it up for sale at a ridiculous asking price, but that there was no way that anybody would ever pay that because of just the amount of work that it would take Mm -hmm. to get it even up to, you know, standards, let alone to turn it into a a, a business. But Christy bought it. I think she bought it for 700,000 or maybe 800,000. It was expensive. She put in a lot of work when i talked to her i don't want to talk out of school here but she was into it probably for well over a million dollars oh yeah so easily i think she said about a million and a half that's kind of like that makes my stomach turn a little bit just because of all the the, yeah. the work that she had to put into it so you're looking at you know if you bought it for seven eight hundred thousand i forget what exactly how much it was uh but then you know you're doing a half a million dollars in renovations at least mm-hmm and even it needed work and even then it wasn't it wasn't done when she sold nope. it to 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 donald and no, the she end. Took so a hit. it's yeah so now it's a matter of you know it's it's inching closer and closer to being and it's probably you know you could you could probably consider it fully restored mm-hmm. at this point because anything else that you have to do is all to get it open up as a business right but we've seen this happen where places have been purchased now, I'm thinking about like the Amityville house, mm-hmm. uh, where those people paid a lot of money for that house. Multiple people now have mm-hmm. bought it. And they, oh, I just said the A word on Spooky South Coast. I hope everything doesn't go haywire. To uh, I totally forgot. In that case, I'm going home. Bye. Because I've gotten away with it on Midnight Society, so I forget. But hopefully, we won't have any problems as a result of it. So no, hopefully, you won't because I'm out of this. The I've seen what happens. But we've seen that house go up for sale and then get put back up for sale and people still show up outside and try mm-hmm. to take photos and all that. Uh, and the people that live there don't embrace any of it. The mm-hmm. neighbors don't embrace any of it. They don't want it happening. Then you look at a place like the Houghton Mansion, yep. which went up for sale. And and I think somebody finally bought it. Really? I'm not totally sure. Uh, but then, but that's going to be the same idea. You're mm-hmm. always going to have people that are going to show up and stand outside and take photos and want to get in there. And by the way, if you bought that place to live in it, like you bought the wrong house. Right. Because who wants to live in a house that has a freaking auditorium in it and a Masonic hall? Yeah, it's weird. You know, like if you've never been in and if you've never seen 
the Houghton Mansion. I should look it up and see if it's still for sale and if they have a 3D, you know, right. realtor tour. Because it's mind-blowing when you go into that place, just how much space it's in. The house doesn't make sense. Could you imagine living in that house and just heating it in the wintertime? No. I would just have portions of the home that I just didn't go into for three or four oh, months. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially uh, up in Western Mass. Right. In the Berkshires. Like, I would not <laughs> be I would not be heating that Masonic Lodge. Nope. I would not be heating that auditorium. Like, that was, that was the thing that really kind of blew my mind the most, is... There's this Masonic Lodge mm-hmm. in the dead center of the house. Yep. And you're like, oh, well, that must be where they have like meetings and all these different things they put on. I don't think I went into the Masonic Lodge. You, you missed the best part of the house. I must have. But then on the other side of the house is literally an auditorium. Right. Like with a stage and they put out chairs and mm-hmm. they can put tables in there and everything. And I was like, this is, this is insane that you so, have two giant halls within your house. So when you walk up the stairs toward like where the bedrooms are, that's where the Masonic Lodge is? When you walk up the stairs, if you walk up the stairs and go dead center kind of to the right-ish mm-hmm. a little bit. Well, on the second floor, it's the dead center doors, double doors. That's the Masonic Lodge. I didn't go in. But then you can also get into it from the back staircase. Mm-hmm. And that gives you up to gets you up to the not one but two secret areas back there too. Right, I remember you talking about that. But the lodge itself is is huge. It's like yeah, it, it's like it's like a like a high school gym, mm-hmm. and then so is the auditorium. Right, like that would probably be a place that you would want to have a school. Yep, and you you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the rooms, you know, they're not really big enough to be classrooms, but you know, you could you could have like Professor X should buy that and turn it into. The Massachusetts version of his school for gifted mutants. There you go. So that's, but I mean, that's another place though that, you know, if you, if you buy that, it's going to be a place that people are going to want to get into. Technically the, uh, um, the American school of witchcraft and wizardry, Ilvin Morney is, uh, is technically right there. So maybe they could buy it. Yeah. I mean, I know Zaphis was trying to buy it to make it his museum, but that didn't work out. But you know, it's an odd location too. So the same thing's going to happen though with whoever buys Maplecroft mm-hmm. is that if you buy it and you want to just live in it as a private residence, well, you're going to have to deal with the fact that people are going to constantly be out front of your house right. taking photos, especially now that it's been restored and now it has been, you know, it, now it's a photo op. Mm-hmm. You know, when the previous owner owned it and it was kind of falling apart, it wasn't so much of a photo op. You want to talk about a major photo op house? Um, the um hocus pocus house in salem and people are constantly stopping in front of that home and the movie is over 20 years old but it's still very popular today now the sequel is coming out so so um apparently the owners are very uh a very accommodating or just cool with it and i remember i i took a photo in front of the house and i ran right back to my car as fast as possible the the people that own the goonies house are the same Mm -hmm. way like you know they they let people come up and take photos and all that in fact there was a one point charge for it there was a time (laughs) that i was thinking about moving to oregon yep and i was going to live in astoria yep and i my house literally the one that i was looking at to buy literally would have been like in the goondocks Oh my God. So I would have been able to to just like walk down the street and go to the Goonies house. And yeah. my son would have gone to the school because he was, you know, uh, mm-hmm. first grade or whatever at the time. He would have gone to the school from kindergarten cop. That's funny. So because that's a, a right. story too. So yeah, it would have been nice. Now people keep saying that, you know, Maplecroft being up for sale, that Zach Bagans is going to buy it. 
and he doesn't I, fly. He so. won't. He won't be out this way. No. You know, and and the other part of that too is, I don't think he would buy it because. Fall River's not going to let it turn into a sideshow attraction. Right. There's no room for it either. And the other part of it, too, is, you know, God forbid he bought it and then said there's a demon there and he was going to tear it down like he did the other one. <coughs> yeah, we can't have that. So. And it's protected, hopefully, by a historical society. Well, we're just about out of time for tonight's show. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be talking more about the paranormal with you during the week. If you want to download any of our previous episodes, just go to wherever you get podcasts and search for Spooky South Coast. And, of course, uh, you can find our 14 years worth of archives. It's all out there for you to download so many episodes. This is like 605, I think. So if you haven't heard them all, it's time to get cracking. And, uh, and I'll talk to you during the week on Midnight Society as well on Midnight FM. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. Thank you for hanging out with us. Stay spectacular.